I have a hymen update. Internets, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creatively Talented Podcast, brought to you by us over at adzhorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. You look kind of handicapped. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who we fed nightshade and honey and kept him warm. It's Mark. Hey, guys. That's true. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. Uh, this week was the first of our uh, like recent draft of new movie picks. Yep. Um, our second draft of the year. And we That's picked, weird. Uh, we're, yeah, it is weird. We're watching a Mark pick uh, in 1991's The Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Uh, so Mark, you picked a hell of a classic there. Yeah, I did. Really wanted and to watch we it. Will, we will dive into that real soon. And when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the nonsense right out of it. Uh, and for those of you that are familiar with our Cracker Jack operation, we'd ask that you take a minute to like, rate, and review the podcast on whatever app you choose to listen to it on. may not seem like much, but believe it or not, it actually does help a lot, especially the reviews. But now... We've got to do the getting drunk part, so let's score. Let's do beers for fears. Hey, Mark. What's up? What are your beers for these fears? It's really more of a wines for the times. I'm drinking a Chianti Classico. <laughs> the Gabbiano well, I got to tell you what. I got to tell you what. Jake tasked me with uh, getting the beers for us. Mark, can you see what I'm showing you through Skype here? It appears to be one of those wine bottles that has like like a like a hula skirt on. Yup, this is a Bellagio Chianti, or, or Bellagio Chianti, I can't tell, this, the <laughs> it's, kerning. It's the kerning Bella is indecipherable. Yeah, this, this bottle has nightmare kerning on the label, let me tell you. <laughs> it's terrible, and so I'm just going to pop this bad boy. I like how Mark calls it a wine bottle with a hula skirt on. <laughs> yeah. It's what got what the, is the name for that when that happens? I don't know, it's that like uh, rustic Italian thing. It's fucking outrageous. It's a fucking hula this, skirt. We all it know. It makes this bottle you know look what I'm like pic- it was you know, you know exactly what I'm describing at home, listener. Great crosstalk. <laughs> Cheers, Jake. I hope you like it, you motherfucker. This is like a $26 bottle of wine. I was going to say, this bottle, the way that hula skirt thing works, <laughs> makes it feel like it's either 50 bucks or like three. Yeah, it's 26. 26 <laughs> bones. So, it, so, so it's nowhere either, near what I thought. <laughs> it's either 50 or three or the exact middle between those two. <laughs> and, Jake, what it else are we like drinking? It tastes like water. Yeah, it does. What else are we drinking? How does it taste like water? Hold on. No, I'm, I'm con- well, I, I got to focus on this for a sp- split second here. It tastes a little bit like sour water. I don't love it. I can't say I drink have a lot get, of Chianti. Yeah, have so. you guys just not had wine in a while? <laughs> uh, uh, this is? Yes. I don't know that I've ever had Chianti before, or Chianti. Yeah, Chianti. Yeah, this it motherfucker right. says it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like that part. But Chianti isn't the only thing we're drinking, is it, Jake? Well, I just had a sip of a Coors Light. Maybe that's why it tastes the way I it I got does. a whole box of Coors oh, Lights, yeah, too. Yeah, the there's a gigantic flame, box of Coors Lights sitting in the middle of the table. Yeah, we're drinking things that taste like water. And... It's an unmitigated classic. Yeah, I like al- this movie. I also I I do I brought one that I had at home, but I I brought an arrogant bastard that we can share because let's face it, I mean this movie isn't all about Hannibal, but, but he's the chief character and that dude's arrogant as fuck. Yeah, dude. I mean, most of the dudes in this movie are arrogant as fuck. Yeah, true. I mean, this movie is. We'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, we will. What this is about uh, on Coors International Women's some... Day. Also, fun fun little side note. That's, that's what the we're day we're recording. On. This is a good movie to record on that day. This yeah, is. That's it's true. a lot better than May for Women in Horror Month. <laughs> you know what? Whoops. 
I took a shot. I missed, but I took a shot, okay? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Exactly. Thank you, Wayne. Coors Light has also probably won some awards. So, award-winning classic Coors Light, award-winning classic. Look, the Coors Light is one of my favorite beers. Yeah, so, look, and maybe one time you can bring the beer, and you can... Coors Light, I brought a beer. <laughs> you brought a beer. I he brought a, a single can of beer. I have Accurate. more beer. There's more beer. Here. Okay. I did grab <laughs> things out of the fridge, all right? All right. All they right. weren't worthy of beers for fears. I'm trying to do you a favor, <laughs> you two and the listener. But drinking beer isn't the only thing we've done over the course of the last week. And spoiler alert, it's been significantly more than a week here. Huh. Uh, we had some a mi- week we had to miss because I was doing some traveling for work and we had other stuff going on. Then we had the horror release roundup. That came out like a week late. So yeah. it's been more than a week. I'm going to go first. I got some stuff to talk about, but I... I'm looking ahead at my work schedule, and I foresee being able to watch exactly nothing in the future. So I'm going to space out Hold back. the nice. decent Smart list moves. I've got Smart going on here. Okay. Yeah. So this I'm going to talk about three movies. This is unlike you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm being smart. Uh, one of which was a theatrical movie I watched in the theater. The theatre. Yeah, the theatre. Okay, what is it? Uh, I watched Happy Death Day to you. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I'm very excited it? to hear it. Wait, hold on. Have you seen the original Happy Death Day? Yes. Oh, I don't remember you talking about it. Was I might it one have of those ones I that you, yeah, you saw it and you just completely forgot to talk about it because you never take notes. Yes. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> but I'm using the Letterboxed app now. Thank you, listener John. And so that hopefully won't happen in the future. I remembered all three of these. Is that really going to help? It's helping now. I can go like we'll see look how at when I've seen stuff. Okay, so. if it continues to help you, I might try it out. I don't know. Anyway, Mark, you saw Happy Death Day, right? I did. I very much liked it. Delightful. And I think Jessica, is it Jessica Rothy, the, the actress's name, is most of the reason for its delightfulness. What does she play? Some, like, wood? Some type of wood? Her name is Tree in the okay. movies. That's a type of wood. Yeah. I mean, it's not. <laughs> it's, they I would make like, wood. It's expressly <laughs> not. You've been trying to sell me bush wood all day. I don't want bush yeah. wood. I, want I don't want this goddamn bush wood. Um, so Happy Death Day to you, I will, I'm happy to report, is as much fun as the first one. Yay. Didn't lose a step there. It's significantly less horror. In what way? The first one is shot and styled as a slasher, and I think it just is a slasher, right, sure. with the supernatural aspect. Did this one tried to be meta? This one is a sci-fi movie that, okay. like, has the same thing of these repeated killings, yeah. right? The same yep. slasher characters. Yep. It's all the same characters. Mm-hmm. But it's not shot or styled in the way a horror movie sure. is. So it has, like, these horror references, and it probably still belongs in the genre, maybe, but it's it's a sci-fi movie. Come on, we'll take it. It's a sci-fi movie. We'll take but it. But it has yeah. the slasher part still. It does. I mean, okay, not as a... much. And it's not but shot it's... in the... Like, the first one had a lot of shots shot in the way of an old-school slasher. Yeah. This okay. one doesn't. I kind of like that they didn't try to shoot it the same way. Yeah, it's cool. And you think it worked for them? Yeah, it definitely did. And it's okay. a lot of fun. It's still cool. great. I'd is still it recommend the same director? Is it what? Is it the same director? Uh, I don't know if it's the same director, but Bloom is still involved as a producer on some level, and it's still Blumhouse. Um, I don't know the director of the first one or of this one, but I see Mark typing away furiously over there. Yeah, keep vamping, keep vamping. I will just say that if you haven't seen Happy Death Day, watch that. I would watch Happy Death Day before you watch Happy Death Day to you. It is... It, I don't think you need to have seen the first one, but it does play on the events of the first one and then it expand them, so it Yeah, I'm it shocked that it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Mark, what do your Google results tell you? Uh, same director, different writers. Okay. okay. There you go. So that's one. I found myself stuck in Scottsdale, Arizona for like five hours, and there was a movie theater not too far away. So you went. So I went. Good use of your time. I like it. Yeah. Then I watched a movie that is free to watch on Amazon Prime. And it turns out it's part of a whole series I didn't know existed. I'm curious if you guys have heard of Small Town Monsters Productions. Nope. Negatory, Big Red. Yeah, so these guys are making uh, documentaries about, like, local lore to places. 
This one is called the Bray Road Beast. How did this yeah. space become saturated immediately? I feel like folklore came out. The Aaron Wenke joint came out, and then immediately there were like 17 other anthology movies, and there was that weird HBO series last month, and then there were two more movies this month. I don't know, but like this, this is I'm always interested in this kind of stuff. This one's like decidedly cryptid oriented, right? And the Bray Road Beast is apparently local Wisconsin lore. Um, that's wow. existed. That getting, was first, like getting real specific with it. So are they doing yeah. this on like a state by state basis? How are they? It's not state by state. It? Like they ha- I, I didn't go entirely through their back catalog, but they have one on Champy. Um, they have one on Bigfoot coming out soon, or some specific aspect of Bigfoot. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know exactly how they're organizing them, but it's all the same production company. It's fairly low budget, but they are just they're not like meta or anything like that. They are documentaries and they're very well done. Very enjoyable. Sixty minutes long or something. A little over they 60. They are not mockumentaries. No. They're documentaries. Nope. Yeah. Okay. There's the mythical whistle pig of Foothills East. Um I hope they do an episode on that in the near future. Otherwise I, I do not Ooh. recognize the legitimacy. Friend of the show Lars won the whistle pig lottery, uh the bourbon state lottery here, so he's gonna buy himself a five hundred dollar bottle of whistle pig. Good. Jake, I imagine we'll be partaking in that a little bit. I don't know. I never see him. <laughs> well, you don't go out past ten, so accurate. <laughs> Lars, we gotta make this work. <laughs> it's the only time you hear me talk. <laughs> Lars, but I would also anyway. like to make this work if I am in town. Just gonna put that out there. <laughs> So highly recommend that. I'll be checking out the rest of their catalog. It's not a mind-blowing documentary, and it's not the best thing I've ever seen, but, but it, it is bad, huh? really cool to check out. Like a lo- I love the local lore shit, and they do a very good job of, of I, getting to the I tend of to like that as well. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's well it, done. It tends to be pleasing to me. But the third one is one of my... Least, op- hold on. Can you at least validate me that we are approaching saturation with this subgenre? No. Okay. I guess. I mean, lore... I get your point, but I don't know if I'd say saturated. Yeah. It's I, like there are a lot of craft breweries, but I wouldn't say we're saturated well, yet. So here's the thing. I'm getting tired of small snippets of folklore, and what I want to start seeing is find the good folklore that you resonate with and make a fucking full-length thing out of it. I mean, those movies do exist. Yes, but... Mothman! Or the Mothman prophecies. Thank you. Well, and that's a weird <laughs> example that, that is maybe eventually <laughs> we'll revisit. But, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying, though, is like... We have a lot of anthology series at this point, and I want to see more of those things turn into like full-on actual movies. You want to the see Bye more, Bye Man? You want to see more Dark Was the Nights? I want to see more Bye Bye Men. That's what I'm saying. No, you don't. Jack no one wants it. to see that. Bye Bye's Men. Yeah, bye's Bye Men. Men. Yes. <laughs> In any case. Check it out. It's free. Why wouldn't you watch it? I'll be watching the rest of them. Cool. The third movie I watched was an omnibus pick from Jake, if I recall correctly. I watched Revenge. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, And I'll tell you what. (laughs) I paid for a movie called Revenge and started it on Amazon Prime. (laughs) Shudder. And that ended up being the 1990 film starring Kevin Costner. It took me like 15 minutes to realize that was the wrong movie. (laughs) 15 minutes? Yeah, I got pretty interested in Kevin Costner, I'll tell you what. So then I went over. Uh, it is available to rent on Amazon as well, but it had the Shutter logo on it. So I meandered over to Shutter, found Where it there. Where you didn't have to pay. You might have said that when you recommended it to me. But I probably we were did. four hours of whiskey yeah. deep at that yeah. point. So, yeah. um, this is like a. I mean, the name says it, right? This is a woman it's gets a rape raped and takes movie. her revenge. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's that's a horror thing that and, happens. And it's uh, it's very well done. It's brutal. How French extremism is it? Kind of. Yeah, uh, it's it's in the middle of the road, <laughs> French extremism wise. 
Like, Great. I don't know. I love that fence. What is a kind your of French extremism? Your flagpole sitting like right it's, now. It's less gruesome than many of those French extremist movies. It doesn't push it. Nobody's cutting a fetus out of a woman in this movie. Nobody's taking scissors to a belly. So I've I've made you, you'll note now that I've made you, I've not made you, but I've told you to watch two movies that are both extremism, Raw and this. Yeah. Which one would you rather watch? This. Again. Again? This. Yeah. I just Wait, like did Rock count as extremism. Rod didn't have that much weird shit in it. I think it counts in the ex- and it had a lot of weird shit. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> eh, I don't know. I watched that on an airplane. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> that is not an airplane. Bad, yeah, you talked about how bad it was to watch on an airplane. Okay, well, I'm gonna have to have a talk with my past self. <laughs> yeah, you really are. That's that's yes. I just raw. I think was more interesting, but this was just more raw was and accessible. Okay, great. Yeah, weirder and and raw. like yeah. I I don't know. I will say weirder. This poor woman had the misfortune of wandering into the realm of three just fucking sociopaths. These yep. are people are inhuman yep. from the get go. Yep. Jesus. And then also, she could run around for. It was like a a, a Cloverfield level of being able to run around after being impaled that I I had trouble abiding. Yeah, that's. Tough. Um, but it is brutal, and the the branding scene is really cool. <laughs> I liked that a lot. And cool symbolism, maybe I don't know. Overall recommend. Overall, where it, yeah, where recommend. Is it on your on your thumbs up, thumbs sideways, thumbs down? Thumbs up for sure. Thumbs I mean, be cool. ready. This is a brutal movie with a lot of brutal shit that happens. Yeah, listener, it's on um, Shutter. Yeah, it's on Shutter. But check it out. It's well put together and well made. Yeah, I mean, I think it's considered one of the better movies that came out last year in the genre. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So I'm gonna. That's, that's all I'm gonna talk about for this week. Um, so Mark, I've been rocking your horror world. I'm excited about the fact. That uh, you said you were going to split up your offering, and you still talked about three movies. Jack, you've been doing some work. Fuck yeah, buddy. Okay, cool. Uh, I also have three that I want to talk about. So uh, I started with The Burbs from 1989. Yes! (laughs) One of the best movies ever I love this movie so much. Yeah, both of you guys said that this is like up there among your favorite movies. It's so good. I'm confused as to why. Are you fucking kidding me right now? It's so fun! Did you watch the movie? It's delightful. I did watch the movie. It was, I mean, it, it was, it was all right. And I do like the fact. Look, any avenue that we can take to get Tom Hanks injected into the horror conversation, I am in favor of. The whole, everything about this movie is phenomenal. <laughs> I don't understand what you're doing right now, and I don't appreciate it either. It didn't click. Just didn't click with me. That is remarkable. Uh, yeah. literally, what I wrote down was funny but kind of boring. Has its charms. It is. It is probably longer than it. That's needs like to be. a description of yourself, actually. Oh, it's certainly longer than it needs to be, but I, I'm not uh, upset about that. Okay. Uh, the other thing that really weirded me out about it is that this younger is uh, this movie is younger than I am, and that really freaks me out quite a bit. Like barely, right? Yeah, like barely. But also, this is wait, why this is in that weird like sweet spot of movies that came out after you were born, but before you were aware of what movies were, and then when you like later, this came out like. Exactly around the same time the movie we're reviewing today did. Yeah, I was like, "What? This movie's from '91. Today's movie." But this like, movie how seems. Where... This movie, for whatever reason, in my brain, this movie seems so old. Th- that... This is one that somebody could have said this came out in 1984, and I'd be like, "Yeah, cool." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't like that you can do that with something that came out after I was born. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's the point <laughs> I'm getting at here. Um, well, we're old, Mark. It's not, that's why it's, I'm going to have a hangover tomorrow. It, well, yeah, that's fair. That's uh, why. You were going to have yes. a hangover not tomorrow. Not this case of Coors Lights and a bottle of Chianti in front of you. I'm sick. <laughs> you certainly are. What else you got, Mark? 
Uh, well, I was just going to add that that movie, if you do want to watch it, it does have its charms. I think it's on Amazon Prime for free. I'm pretty sure that's yes, where I it. Yes, it is. Free somewhere. And you're, you're underselling it like a motherfucker. Yeah, I you guys both seem to fucking free. love it. So yes, I do love it. love it. I love that movie. Yes. Watch it, weigh in, tell us on whatever social network platforms we're on what you think, whether or not you're on my side or their side. Listener, that's Facebook and that is Twitter, and those links are right down there in the description below. I tried to do a joke, but I couldn't come up with a third <laughs> fake whatever. social media, whatever. Fuck. Uh, a clicker Snapchat with no e. It's just C L I K R. Coming at you on Snapchat starting tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I also watched Treehouse, which was uh the end of the dark nope. Hulu series oh, for March. Oh God, yeah. Okay, with McPoyle, yeah. yeah, yeah. With Jimmy Simpson, directed by James yeah. Roday. Both names I enjoy quite a bit. Exactly my point. Uh, this was close to being my dark horse for the month. Um, I like Jimmy Simpson a lot. Uh, he has an air to his delivery that is sort of, I mean, to put it frankly, ham-fisted. <laughs> I like him in certain things. Like, he's great in Psych, and he's great in uh, It's Always Sunny. But did you see him in, what's the Kevin Spacey show where he's a rapist president and, and a rapist? House in of Cards. Life? Yeah, House of Cards. Did you see him in House of Cards? He was garbage in House of Cards. House of Cards. That's exactly the, ta- the, the, the cadence that you were supposed to deliver that name into. Yeah. Yep. Um, so in this one, I he, he doesn't he's not really a chameleon as an actor. I feel like he's he's a great. I like to see him in things, but I feel like he also plays most of his roles very similarly. And he plays this like deliberately offensive role in a way that is actually sort of offensive and obnoxious, which makes sense within the context of the film. Like that's the character he's supposed to be. Um, but also it's kind of difficult to watch for much of the movie. Okay, now what's the general premise of this movie for the uninitiated? Oh, uh, how spoilery do we want to get? Not because it's it's hard to talk about without getting spoilery. Um, so Jimmy Simpson plays a celebrity, a celebu chef, as the synopsis says. Celebrity, a celebrity, a celebrity chef who takes a holiday away from his family to go up to like this vacation home, uh, that he has that's like in this little like forested desert area. And he runs into this group of women who he's familiar with who live across the way and they're out of power. So he invites them into this home and then like shit happens. There is a weird druidic elf creature. (laughs) What holiday is this one based on? It's not. This one, I mean, supposedly St. Paddy's Day, I think. But this Uh, one is not explicitly linked to any individual holiday. I thought we'd already... Covered no, we, off on them not being expressly holiday. All of related. the other ones expressly are. So we've we've talked about that. The, on the Wikipedia page, it says that the End of the Dark series is explicitly like focused on holidays. So this and they is all as much, have been so far, and then this one is not. This is as much St. Patrick's Day as the St. Patrick's Day version of holidays. It sounds like a good analogy. Holidays version of St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> or at least Day. the Halloween. I can't remember the St. Patty's Day one on that, so I'm going to say That was the Halloween one with the version. woman who was like birthing a snake. Oh, yeah, that was significantly more St. Paddy's Day oriented than this one is. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was none St. Patrick's Day. Irish people. There were, well, snakes. yeah, there was a weird Druidic Hill seance. Yeah. Uh, there I don't is, believe that's what that holiday Read is your about. Bible, Jake. I would also like to point out that this is uh, it has a surprisingly solid cast. You also you have Jamie Simpson in the lead role. You have James Roday as the director. We already said those two. We also have Michael Weston that's not cast. as a random like <laughs> bit part role. 
And uh, I always have to think. I, I Michael Weston really confuses me. I know who I'm he sorry. is. Yes, but then not, he also not played Jeffrey a character Donovan. on the show Burn Notice, where he was interacting with a character named Michael Weston. Yeah, it got very confusing there for a second. The actor Michael Weston, not the actor Jeffrey Donovan. Um, right. But I do like him. He has a he has a few good roles out there. You'll know him as Private Jeffrey Dancer from Scrubs. If you're a fan of Scrubs, he's had a few of those random like mini arcs on television shows that you, he's one of those dudes who you recognize and you don't immediately know his name and i committed it to memory a while ago because i thought it was hilarious that he did a he did a spot on burn notice um stephanie beatrice is also in this if you're brooklyn i love her not sure i'm a fan of her performance in this <laughs> but uh she is in it i can definitively say that <laughs> um all right so are you still talking about the ca- the cast of treehouse right now yes yeah. this is remarkable <laughs> Wow, I, I that took like forty-five roughly. seconds max. Yeah, I think you're just, that was an hour. You're dude. already loopy. Um, my <laughs> wife monoxide. liked this movie quite a bit. I thought it was all right. If you're hankering for something particularly like Me Too oriented, go for it. It's a little bit okay. of a spoiler for uh, for the content, but I mean, whatever. Jesus go for it. Christ! Uh, is this the best of the uh, the in the dark series you've seen? Well, I've only others. The only other one I've seen is Puka, and they're. Okay. I appreciate them for being unique and various, but I don't know if they're that entertaining. Yeah, I couldn't recommend Puka, and I would actively tell you to avoid Down. Okay, well, what was the January one? Uh, There was a New Year's one. Yeah, I didn't see it, I don't think. Okay, I saved the best for last. I have another recommendation to make. Uh, This is unfortunately not one that you can get for free, unlike my other two, but Searching from 2018, starring John Cho. This is the one where he, uh, John Cho, who is Harold from Harold and Kumar, searches for his daughter via uh, the internet, and it's all told through sort of like the same mechanism as Unfriended. It's just the screen <laughs> okay. capture of him like searching on Facebook and doing all this typing and shit. Uh, so first off, I very much like this method of storytelling. Is his face in it like it is in Unfriended? What do you mean? Well, in front, unfriended, you got to see her face because she's on a Skype chat or whatever the whole time. Oh, they, they uh, that's, periodically that's have like FaceTime calls that come in, and you see both sides. Okay. But there is also quite a bit of time where it's him Googling, and uh, you're just sort of seeing things happen on screen. And maybe he's like narrating it, and maybe he's like talking on the like you can hear audio that's happening so, off the computer. Immersion question: Why would he be narrating it? He's it's not it's not narration. It's him on the phone. You can hear I him see. talking. So it's somewhat believable. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. And literally just the only thing you can see is this computer screen. Well, various computer screens. I see. Yep. Uh, they do a little bit of production on this one. It, they actually zoom in on, like, parts of the screen, if that makes Like, instead of just seeing the whole computer screen. The whole have, thing. It's yeah. up to you to focus on the upper right or whatever. They'll just zoom in on the upper right. And it, I mean, whatever. It worked. I, I think it works extremely well. Hmm. Now... This is not – I'm going to put a disclaimer on this. Not explicitly a horror movie. It's a drama thriller type thing. But this is pure adult fears distillate. This – I if you have a kid in your life, cool if you have a word. child that you care for, this movie will make you so fucking uncomfortable and, like, freak you the fuck out. I do not Speaking have one Speaking like those. a guy who knows. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got something else to tell us? Oh, I've uh, – yeah. <laughs> I have a 12-year-old. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's uh, why you wear those clothes okay that's that's unfair 
That was hurtful. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> it was funny, but Mark, you look great, buddy. It's fine. Um, yeah, no, I don't have dad. I don't have any kids, and this movie still made me incredibly uneasy. I can only imagine what it would feel like to watch it as as you know a father or a mother of someone who actually is caring for a kid and realizing that they're like fundamentally disconnected from their children, even though they think that they are connected. Uh, this movie is a fucking roller coaster you, you everybody should see this movie i loved it it was so good i thought it was over like four times <laughs> holy shit i have a question What's i have that? several questions yes, um, okay. so 2018 it appears we missed this one on the whole release roundup which never happened no i actually so. believe we talked about it i think it might have been under horror-ish uh, okay yeah well okay then that actually that ties in directly to my second question was which was how horror is this he already also described that i don't recall okay well he doesn't need to do it again you can go back and listen to the podcast no i don't, I don't do that look though. the point the point of the movie is that this guy's daughter disappears and they have to find her yeah i remember you saying that and then i just started thinking of taken it's it's more horror-y than taken <laughs> thank you yeah <laughs> i would hope so <laughs> Uh, only other thing I want to add here is that this is produced by Team Rebecca Mamatov. So if you're a fan of his, you know, y- that's it. There you go. Who? Team Rebecca Mamatov. He's a name. Is he? He is. What else? What? Why would I be a fan of his? Uh, he's done a number of vampire movies. I believe he also produced that random. Did you ever see that movie where they're in Russia and they're running away from the monster that eats electricity? Uh, I, I don't the, think I'm so, but that sounds really right familiar. I, I'm, bl- I'm blanking on the name right now. I'll give me a second to Google it. He's not made, the he's Chernobyl made a bunch of stuff, actually. He's made like is the is the series dog. called Night Watch or Dark Watch? One of those things. Chernobyl Diaries was underrated. I grant you that. Yeah, okay, it doesn't that, deserve the like two point one as an IMDb or whatever. That's, that's a bullshit topic rating. of conversation. Anyways, he he is a name out there, and you know he <laughs> he is a name. That's all Jake, I'm pointing out. Night Watch <laughs> like is it. the name of it. That's a good slate. Uh, Jake, what's yep. been rocking your horror world? Not what three, three movies. Not three. Damn two. it. Two. And actually, there's only one movie. You broke the symmetry. I know, I did. Uh, should I talk about the movie or the not movie first? Not movie? Not movie. Cool. There's a thing on Netflix now that is animated horror series, and I use series lightly because it's like five different things, and they're all like ten minutes long. So it ends up being an hour of content. It's called The Curly and Frequency. And it's about... Oh, is this the Argentinian thing? Yes, it is. Oh my it's, god, this has been about... on my list for a while. Should I watch yeah. it? Yeah, uh, I think you should. It the art, the art style here is worth the price of admission alone, and the price of admission is free because you're a Netflix subscriber. <laughs> um, it's really fucking cool looking. But basically, like the premise here is that there's this town in Argentina, and there's the whole... It, it basically follows like this radio all night long horror topics guy it's like an art bell style guy hosting a radio show in this town in argentina and the town has a lot of problems that are all horror problems right like the town's not on any maps so it's already weirdly supernatural and then each episode is a different horror topic basically jay kind of hit or miss i have a question yeah are you familiar with welcome to night vale uh i am but i haven't watched it it's a it's a podcast. podcast you haven't listened to it <clears throat> and I a haven't live listened show. to it. Okay, well, I know the name. Okay, and th- a live show. Okay, cool. So I haven't watched it. It's it sounds like the podcast version of this show, but not Argentinian. I was gonna say. Yeah. So this is, I mean, it's based in Argentina, but it's not like it's in Spanish. 
that's an important. So wait, caveat. what language is it in? It's in English. Oh well, okay. Then I'm at definitely at least it watch is it. in 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 this setting. Like I don't know if it was originally in Spanish and then they just chose to dub it, but there is there are no subtitles. There are American accents. Okay. I, it. It's an interesting one. Uh, it's not going to take you too long to digest, and I think that the animation style alone is worth it. So cool. Why not? It's on Netflix. Come on. Yeah. What movie did you watch? Hey, I watched uh, I watched Velvet Buzzsaw. Oh, that's also on boy. Netflix. Now Mark said, "Don't do that." I think. No, no Jake I told. I, oh, I told you guys off air ago. not to do that. Yeah, yeah, that's how long it's been. Uh, guys, the movie's not very good <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, see, but it's the director of Nightcrawler and Jake Gyllenhaal, and I liked that. Nightcrawler combo was in Nightcrawler. great. Yeah. Okay. Jake Gyllenhaal does a good job in this movie. Like he is good. Okay. So is pretty much everyone else as an actor, but the movie <laughs> itself is horse shit. Wow. So this Strong is, language. This it, is the elusive good example of great acting, terrible script? I think so. Okay. The movie has nothing to say. Like, every... Look, okay. Everyone in this movie, I think, does their job very well. There are zero redeeming qualities to any character, so it's very difficult to get into it. You don't give a shit about them. You hate them all, whatever. It's one of those, but it's not the style where it's like, okay, they're going to get their comeuppance and I'm going to take glee in that. It has nothing to say. Like, you kind of think there's going to be this awesome commentary <laughs> based on, like, these really weird, fucked up people that you can't identify with that are living in this world of, like, high-stakes, super-rich art. And it just doesn't say anything. Yikes. It says nothing. Yikes. And so there's there the stakes are basically non-existent, and it loses all of the momentum that it could have built. There are good scenes here and there, and it's well shot. And the acting's great, and the cast is great, but it ultimately equates to nothing, and that's the most surprising thing. Like, I fucking hated this movie. Wow. It was huh. so bad. Like, the the fact that you could have good actors that act well in a movie that has other merits and still have it be as disappointing as it was, like, what the fuck? Jesus. It was really bad. Doesn't this this could be in the running for certain things later this year. Wow. It was really oh, bad. Wow. Don't watch okay. it. Yeah. Fuck that movie. There you wow. Go. I I have before we move along, I have a quick Timurbek Mambatov update. Because I did not give him justice and I've been doing some Googling while you were talking. That <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> uh he is a notable producer. He did do the Night Watch and Day Watch movies. He also produced Unfriended, which I did not realize. Well, that uh, makes sense. That checks out. <laughs> also the movies Nine and Wanted. So if you like Nine or Wanted. The uh, animated movie Nine? Yeah, the one that was well, like CG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Say what puppets. movie? What what wanted? Wanted the one where you curve bullets. James that is Bacavoy? one of the best movies of all time. Okay, oh, well he di he directed Wanted, so there you go. You're the end idiot. of that movie is so good. That movie sucks. What the fuck have you done, lately? <laughs> <laughs> and the and the name she of the, up of the Russian electricity monster movie is The Darkest Hour, which he produced. So I mean, he his name's out there. That's all I'm saying. All right, it's got to be time to go to the feature presentation. Yep, roughly. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 1991's The Silence of the Lambs. Mark, Woo. you picked this movie. I did. I don't really need to know why you picked this movie, but why'd you pick this movie? Um, Yeah, you don't really need to know. It's just yep. a movie I hadn't <laughs> seen in a while. Anthony Hopkins won his Sir Anthony Hopkins, excuse me. Uh, won his Hopskins. Hopskins. <laughs> Look, this uh, this thirteen and a half percent grape beer is is really fucking me up already. 
he won his best actor or whatever in a leading role, notably, for this. And look, I wanted to see it. It's a great movie. This movie won five Oscars. It should have. It's yeah. Great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we hadn't yeah. waited on Rating it yet. Spoilers. So whatever. I took um, the time. I assume we've all seen this before, so we can just plow through that. Yeah, yeah we had. Cool. Mark, you picked this movie. Mm-hmm. That means you're going to have to hit us with a 30-second plot synopsis. 30 seconds around the goddamn clock. It's going to start when you start. Clarice Starling is an FBI agent who is just coming out of the academy and wants to make her like place in the world. She's recruited to interview Hannibal Lecter, who is a notable serial killer, to try and get some clues regarding uh, Buffalo Bill, who is a active serial killer who's abducting women and torturing them for three days and then leaving them in the banks of the rivers around, I think, West Virginia. I'm not really sure where they are. Um, she eventually finds where the, she, where he is, goes into his house, and uh, finds that he does have an time. Action. Oh no, <laughs> I got complacent. <laughs> the first you fifteen seconds far went away. so well, and the second fifteen seconds went so poorly. You, you weren't that far away from the end of the you movie. You lost it at the West Virginia thing. Like there's there's a lot of plot that happens, but it's only in like the last fifteen minutes of the movie. Yeah. Okay. So let me just finish up. She. Uh, there's, there's a point where the FBI starts cutting her and her boss off from the investigation, so she's kind of going rogue and finds this guy. Ted Levine is the actor who plays Buffalo Bill named James Gum. Micro. It's a great. Yeah, James Gum. Great serial killer name. Um, gets into his house sort of by happenstance, realizes he's the killer, and then there's a he turns the lights out. He like flips the breaker in the house, and there's this like darkness uh, POV chase scene where she ends up shooting him it's very intense we'll talk about it and then hannibal Lecter calls her so you weren't that close to the end in your mind <clears throat> well uh, look you give me a few extra seconds to expand into i'm gonna paint it, more of a word picture if you give a mark a minute you know that's what I true mean? he's gonna need five <laughs> uh also i don't think she ended up at jame gum's house by happenstance i think she knew he was the killer and went there no, no 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 she didn't she went to jame gum's house because his mother was a seamstress who had worked with the original victim so she got there he pretended to not be the kill whoever he the fuck he is i don't know i still i'm a little unclear on what his relationship is jack the original whatever i guess he's the son of the lady who employed the first victim right so he pretends to not really know who they are, and then she sees the death's head moth in his house and puts a few other things together because he has, like, a sewing kit and all this other shit, and he's also a creepy motherfucker, and pieces it all together as she's in there and then tells him to freeze. I mean, that confirms it, but I think it's pretty clear she more that she had a better than 50% idea that she was going to confront the killer when she went there. Oh, I, I, I don't, don't agree with that. that. I think she was going there she explicitly. She was not stupid. You're not giving her her due. She would not have rolled in by herself if she had a better than 50%. Well, oh, she would have because the FBI didn't listen to her. Oh, okay, we're going to get into all that. We're going to get into all that. We're kind of in it, to be We're honest. kind of in it. Okay, but before Mark, we get into it, should we talk about categories? We should talk about what in the fuck subgenre of horrors it fits into. Mark. Yes. What subgenres of horror does it fit into? Do we have serial killer as a category? No. Add it. Oh, God. Add it up. I hate this. Add don't. We have enough fucking categories. Fucking add it. We don't. No. We're still in double digits. Oh, Woo! Christ. It's a serial yeah, killer movie, and, and I feel like that's entwined with thriller as a subgenre, which is one of those no, things that's no, sort no, of no, like no, on no, the no, no, no. bleeding edge of horror. Like, what the no. fuck is a thriller movie versus a horror movie? A thriller is what you put on your movie when you wanted the Academy to listen. Okay, well, this is all. I mean, it's that. It's yeah. a psychological horror movie. 
in a sense, yes. I don't feel like it fits with how we've described other movies as psychological. Me but neither, but it's about psychology. psychological. <laughs> yeah, and it's about psychology. It is about yeah, psychology, so congratulations. Kind of you found a loophole. That subgenre, yeah. Ooh. Wow. I kind of think that's all it is. <laughs> classic, you idiot. Yeah. yeah, it's classic. You're right. You're right. Yep. You're right. Yep. You're right. Th- those are the three, though. I came at you hard. Yeah, you really did. <laughs> You really, I mean, you remember there was a classic. I should have said that. You should have. I should have. That's yeah. it, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably it. Hey, I have it, a question. Neither of you guys have this movie pulled up, so I'm just going to pop quiz you. Who's the director of this movie? The guy who directed Stop Making Sense. I can't remember. I can never remember his name. It's L-E-M-M-E or something? <laughs> Lemmy. It's, it's it's D-E-M-M-E. Jonathan D- Demi. Lemmy. Demi. I feel like he's the, he's the unsung Lemmy. hero of all of this. Everyone remembers all the performances and all this other shit, and then he's just like... No, well, I don't know if a single person could tell you. No one gives a shit about him. His man. career is insane. Like, yeah. I don't understand a world in which you can direct Stop Making Sense, the Talking Heads concert video, and then go on a few years later to direct Silence of the Lambs. He also Why? directed Philadelphia and the Manchurian Candidate. But those fit with Silence <laughs> of the Lambs more than Stop Making Sense does. <laughs> this, dude, this dude has chops, and I, I could not for the life of me. If you told me what his name was, I there's a 0% chance I would know what it is. Johnny Lemmy. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Lemmy. Stop Duh. saying d- Lemmy. It's a D. There's a D as in dog. Demi. Lemmy. Jake was doing a little joke. Yeah, there. it was funny. It was a good thing. Yeah, no, you nailed it. I appreciate it. No, hey, I Mark. I don't think What's you got up? it. What does the movie do right? So, um, look, we're going to unequivocally get into this a little bit later. The performances, the cast in general, are phenomenal. Now. Anthony Hopkins is a fucking knight. Jodie Foster, I think, legitimately has a chance. <laughs> okay, hold on. Uh, that's that's appeal to authority. That's not a that's a logical fallacy right there. It, whatever it makes. Are sense. you are you suggesting that being a knight makes you a good actor? If, I mean, frequently, yes. Those two things are associated in modern. Nick Faldo's a knight. He's not an actor. Paul McCartney's a knight. That guy okay. sucks at a lot of things. Right. So the whole point of those things is that we're knighting people recently who have significant contributions to popular culture and that's what happens when you're an actor so if you're knighted and you're an actor then you're probably a really fucking good actor maybe the british need to slow their roll with the whole knighting do you don't think anthony hopkins should have been knighted is that what you're saying is that the take you're having what's my take that anthony hopkins should not have been knighted oh no he's worth it yeah that's my fucking point god damn it shut up (laughs) you're forgetting that i don't listen to you i i think there's a legitimate argument to be made that jodie foster turns in a stronger performance than anthony hopkins in this movie there's not. Oh, uh, I think she does. No. I, I I totally agree. I actually fully I, look, she's, subscribe to she's that. She's great, but if you're thinking about this movie, you're thinking of Hannibal, not her. But it's, it, it's, he has so much less a, to do. This is it, a Jodie Foster movie that features Hannibal Lecter. But beyond that, come on. here's what I actually come wanted to get to. On. The third best actor in this movie, it, I, I don't hate saying it like this, but is Ted Levine. And his performance of Buffalo Bill is so good. Is so so good. Yeah, we're oh kind my of, we're God. Kind, yeah, we're kind of an embarrassment of riches here. So they're all fantastic. About, yeah, they're all great. Look, yeah, the, the yeah. most noteworthy one is Anthony Hopkins. But you can't you can't have the movie without Jodie Foster playing a no. believable, relatable, relatable deep character from start to finish. He is the memorable one. She is the linchpin. Yeah. And, and Ted Levine, Ted is, Levine is forgotten, which is Jesus. And, and Ted Levine is the icing that you get on the cake where you're thinking it's like a Costco, like Crisco type frosting, and then you eat it. And you're like, oh my god, this is artisanal butter frosting. It's the best thing I've tasted in my entire fucking well, life. Also, in another weird career trajectory, I don't know how you go from this performance to playing a no-nonsense, straight-laced police captain on a cable 
comedy show for 12 years. Dude's like, got that's range. A weird <laughs> I want to know how many times so on range. the set of Muck he asked he asked people whether or not would you fuck me? <laughs> would, would you fuck me? <laughs> uh should we should we talk more about do we want to digest the individual roles here cuz the other thing that this movie does right is the characters. Yeah, let's do it. So Dive in, Mark. So, uh, I actually kind of appreciate that we already had this conversation of good acting, terrible script in earlier with your uh, Velvet sure. Buzzsaw. That movie fucking sucks. Yep, this movie does not. This one does not suck. This movie has great actors, which we yeah. just mentioned, but it also has great characters in the script. Uh-huh. Yeah, so ultimately this is a movie about Jodie Foster, uh, Clary Starling, right? Let's start yep, with her. Correct. So, she is the she's the female protagonist who the whole point of this movie She's just the protagonist, but Well, no 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 it's no, important no, no, that no, she's no. female. Fuck movie. off. The, this it's movie is about being a woman in a man's yeah. professional world. Yeah. I that's, that's also I, I what makes... think that is the primary theme here outside of it, serial it, it killers. Is. It is. No, it it might be regardless of that, because that's also what makes Hannibal's character his character. Yeah. That's it, his that's what he does in this movie is feed directly to that theme sure the the scene that was really powerful to me when watching this again on that theme was the scene like after in the the funeral home right when her boss like says we got to go talk outside of the presence and he's like i was just doing that so we could get somewhere and she's like yeah but you're like an important fbi agent what you say matters yeah they 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 do what they see i mean they they spend so much time in this movie showing her it's it's a great character study because she is herself a very strong character, but she's put into a world where she's surrounded by men who don't treat her as a strong character. She literally gets spunked on in like the first scene. Yeah, yikes. I'd forgotten about that scene too. That's a ugh. And then she like cries at her car when no one can see. And then immediately you cut to a training sequence where she's beating the shit out of some people. A little bit mm-hmm. later, you get another training sequence where she's holding up, I don't know what the thing is called, but like the pad that people are punching. Her, the whole scene is her just getting punched. Yeah. By, by well, I mean, by two men and her, her girlfriend, whose name I don't remember. They also shoot the scenes, specifically the scenes where she's in that funeral parlor at the beginning where she's surrounded by cops. I don't know if they, I, I'm sure they did this on purpose, but if you go back and look at that, she looks like she's four feet tall. So I don't know if they put the cops on like, pedestals or something but she looks so small the way they shot that like the way they angle the camera and stuff you're talking about a lot of things right now well until it converts right and she kicks all the other local cops out of the room then it flips how it's shot and she looks bigger than them exactly exactly but we're talking about theme this this acting shots everything right but the whole the whole point i'm getting at here thematically is that this movie is interesting because it takes an extremely strong female character she re- she's able to remain strong, but it's also told through the viewpoint of, for the lack of a better word, just general society of not taking her seriously. Yeah. I mean, it starts with the way we're introduced to her is awesome, right? She's just fucking going ham on this, like, middle-of-the-woods fucking obstacle course. Early with a little bit of fog rolling in? Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> rad, man. Yeah, it is. Outside of that, let's talk about Hannibal Lecter's character. Yeah. Dude yeah. is... <laughs> Should we call him a badass? Is he a badass, or do we not want to like glorify cannibalism I, and serial killing? <laughs> I don't think we're glorifying anything. Uh, I mean, he kind of is a badass. He's also kind of a douchebag, but he's uh, fascinating. He's a genius. He's yeah. he's a fascinating genius, and he's one of the best horror characters of all time. 
Yes. Uh, his like they have all these little like breadcrumbs that you pick up, and uh, frankly, I haven't seen Hannibal. I've watched the Hannibal. Oh, Rising Hannibal thing. is supposed to be like one of the worst movies ever. Well, that's why I haven't seen it. <laughs> I think Red yeah. Dragon's worse. Oh, oh, what? No, I like Red Dragon. I don't a lot. know about that. Red Hannibal Dragon is definitely great, like one, like the worst sequel of all time. That might be true. Have you seen? There's a. This is the second movie to feature Hannibal Lecter. Oh yeah, the early one that no one talks about. Manhunter. Yeah, man. I have not seen it. <laughs> and that's actually based on the novel Red Dragon. So it's all very confusing. Uh, but, I watched the Cabal cut of this movie. <laughs> okay. Good. Let's talk um, about that. Yeah. I am an I am an evangelist for Red Dragon. That movie is phenomenal and underrated. Uh, but Maybe let's, I need let's to revisit it. Let's uh let's talk about this one. They have all these little breadcrumbs in there that are like his pulse never gets above eighty five. When yep. he bites off people's tongues or steals their faces or all this other shit. He talked the neighbor of his cell, Miggs, or whatever the fuck his name was, into choking to death on his own tongue somehow. Yeah, which like, which is awesome and so scary. But like, I don't know that I would physically have the just motor skills to shove my own tongue down my throat. So I don't think it I is would. physically <laughs> impossible as far as I'm aware to swallow your own tongue. But there is a means where you could bite your own tongue off and then choke to death on your blood and the piece that you bit off Maybe yeah that's what happened now i've never been confronted by somebody as smart as hannibal lecter and malicious but i i imagine it'd be very hard to talking me into ch- chewing off my own tongue <laughs> cut, cut to an alternate reality where jack is just exposed to hannibal lecter for like <laughs> three minutes <laughs> <laughs> um, exposed <laughs> yeah even idiots who talk to him don't kill themselves that quickly and those are just like the obvious things that you're like that you're bludgeoned with over the narrative of this. There's also that like kind of subtle scene where she comes in after cutting her uh, star. Uh, Clarice comes in after cutting her leg on the nail uh, when she's climbing under the door uh-huh. and he can smell her blood after her leg has healed. Like yeah. that type of shit is pervasive throughout every scene that he's in this movie. And it all builds. It's really good. Can we talk about the best Hannibal scene in the movie, though? Yeah, let's Go do that. Go for it. It's the one with the the mother, the senator, or whatever she is. <laughs> oh, oh, that, God. It makes me well, so uncomfortable. That's him. I mean, A, it's him in his, like, most vicious-looking form, I suppose, because they have him in, like, the jacket and all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, iconically, that's sort of what people remember him as, is this dude in yeah. that weird bite mask thing. Yeah, it's kind of like a Quiet Riot type deal. <laughs> anyway, um, this scene, th- that's kind of a microcosm of what we're talking about with what this movie does with the man's world and the female's role, because he, being the smart genius character, goes through this whole thing with this woman, and there's this weird dance that he does... And Did you, you best him, feed your daughter? You, you oh, see God. him doing every single thing that, like, the movie itself on a longer timeline is doing. To the but viewer. he does it yeah. to her yeah. in like a three minute span. I think that's kind of a genius little thing that it does. Oh, and I mean the the line of the movie at the end: "Love your suit." When he like t- he treats her as the mother the whole time and just like takes her down and takes her down because there's a woman who's in the role of like trying uh, clearly she's successful and has overcome a lot of those gender boundaries and takes her down takes her down like boils it down to its essence and then at the end it's just like such a snarky comment about that it's about her so, appearance yeah it's, it's so unbelievable oh my god i loved it yeah is it interesting that hannibal is one of the only characters that actually takes clarice seriously 
Yes, it is. Be- that's the other. That's the other thing because that speaks to who hit the depth of his character. Because she, throughout the movie, experiences nothing but bullshit from the man's world that she's in, and yet he, the most. I don't know if he's the most. I mean, he. This is a movie with multiple psychopaths. He's fucking outrageously psychopathic. He is able to like look at her and see through that. He doesn't even look at the gender. Just her intelligence. He yeah. speaks to her on another level as a human being and finds her interesting because she is. So that it's just it, there are layers of this movie that you don't frequently see. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, it is interesting, Mark. It's very, very interesting. This movie's woke as it's fucking woke. 1991, too. <laughs> yeah. 1991 it, woke. It, yeah, it's woke. And then it's really depressing that, like, and then we went almost we went nowhere. Backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Good. Good. Good work, society. Yep. Fuck. 30 me. years later. Jesus. <laughs> um, while we're still sort of talking about this, this is related, but I think it's mostly writing. Um, there's this subtle humor to the way this movie's written that makes it really punchy and interesting to watch. Uh, there's lots of. I'm primarily in Hannibal's character, but there's a lot of pausing and then delivering punchlines, like having a friend for dinner, or the the warden at the beginning when he's giving the spiel on like why we can't give Hannibal any paper that has staples in it or whatever the fuck. He's like his pulse never gets above eighty five. Pause, even when he bit off her tongue, like like yeah. that type of shit. That type of shit is all over this movie, and it's like. It's kind of funny when you start realizing that it's happening, but it also works so well within the context. <laughs> and I just I appreciate the like the, the minimal amount of humor that it injects into a script about a serial killer hunting down another serial killer. Yeah, I, I, I have a quick because I think you need some humor to fully capture a horrific period and elsewhere in the movie, right? If it's consistently miserable throughout, you might come away like, ugh, but I think you'll be less impacted by it. Yeah, so but it also, does that well. Humans interact with humor on a fundamental level almost always there even if you are in this actual situation where you're hunting a serial killer you're probably making jokes about it right so so it gives it an air of realism that these people who work this is their day-to-day job like this dude the warden just has to fucking deal with hannibal every day i have a question about the warden though chilton the character chilton right this he's a weird character to me he's immensely dislikable Right, it's immediately clear that he's a douchebag and you're supposed to hate him. And I think you're kind of supposed to be happy at the end of the movie when Hannibal's definitely going to kill him yep. in Bimini or wherever they are. Definitely. He's kind of like the EPA in Ghostbusters, right? Where they're <laughs> the villain of the movie, but that's just a guy <laughs> legitimately trying to do his job, which is the correct thing to do in there. Regulate an unregulated nuclear reactor in the middle of New York City, right? This guy, like, if you actually think about what he does, Chilton, he doesn't do anything. I mean, he he doesn't do anything that is detestable. No. He's it- doing his job, and then he, he does expose a lie which is strategically bad for what they're trying to do but he at the same time also informs a sitting united states senator that the fbi is lying to a serial killer on your behalf without your permission yeah so yeah, he doesn't no, do it why do i hate him so, so because it, because it's a trope of cinema that like quotes the warden is the bad guy like if you think back to uh uh shawshank redemption he is the tantamount bad guy. It doesn't look. You're protecting society from the worst people, <laughs> but also you're the head asshole. 
Like, yeah, that's just how it's set up normally within narrative. You're 100% correct. He's just doing his job. And, and for a movie that's so careful with all the other characters, like, he doesn't even dismiss Jodie Foster or anything right. like that. Right. Like, <laughs> I think that's the reason they include that. Li- it's literally like a throwaway line of the uh, TV screen that's, like, outside of his cell. That they turn they turn off the lights and then they turn up the volume really loud so he has to watch this shitty televangelist whatever like local public broadcast thing, so there is like they try to introduce some elements of psychological torture that's probably not okay but right 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 yeah I, yeah I'm with you he's probably not that bad a guy and <laughs> we are all fundamentally rooting for him to get fucked over <laughs> yeah I'm so happy when Hannibal was gonna kill him at the end yeah yeah. Yeah, that's a weird one. Maybe that's a does middle type of thing. <laughs> that that's what I did. I, that is what it does middle for. Okay, me. for a movie that's so careful with character throughout. That so you one. were taking it there. You were taking it to middle. Well, uh, well, before we're not quite gush ready. about the acting story. Everything. I want. I do want to. I okay. I don't know how ready we are though. I want to talk about one more thing. I also have one more thing to talk about. Okay. Well, I well, it's the cl- it's the climax or the end. It's, okay. It's the. I'm having a tension. friend for dinner. Not that. It's the tension <laughs> of the scene that is when she is in the house. Oh, yeah. The basement oh, scene. Lights go out. Oh, man. That, like, the movie's horror, no doubt. Like, this is a movie about a serial killer who cuts people's skin off after he, like, you know, imprisons them for three days. And then the other dude who's arguably less sane is a cannibal. Like, this is a horror <laughs> movie. And it won five Oscars, so that's cool. Um <laughs> Because it called itself a thriller. Anyway, the end is <laughs> horrifying. Yeah, the it end is. is the end is absolutely like if you if you're searching still because you're on the fence about a horror movie, this is a scene that tells you that yes, it definitively is. I saw so this movie at a very young age, and to this day, that's one of the things that sticks with me about it is how scared I was in the i mean it's not that long a scene it's like 45 seconds of it's outrageous uh, is it only 45 seconds it it feels is, i didn't so time long. it it feels now that i'm watching it as an adult it feels relatively short but there's this the pov scene where you're seeing her through the night vision goggles i don't think it's i do I, think I, it's i'd longer. be surprised if it's more than 45 seconds I but it not. feels like fucking years yeah oh god and jake to your point this this is a movie that runs the gambit as as we say yep. here yeah that's um, the correct term yep different kinds of scary yep right yeah. this hits yeah. the tense shit this hits the he kidnaps the woman and throws her in a fucking well kind of torturey stuff this mm-hmm. hits the just creep factor with hannibal jump scares the, the i cannot f- believe this movie won oscars this is insane. such a horror movie yeah <laughs> uh, i can totally Levine believe this movie won oscars it's phenomenally well put together but it's a horror movie it's got Goodbye, the Levine tucking his dick between his legs and doing a jesus pose scares oh okay so hold on that is the one mangina, of the best man. scenes ever. What, when he dresses up like fucking David Lee Roth? <laughs> yeah, it's a fantastic scene, and I'm shocked it made it into the final cut of the movie, and I think it's fantastic. <laughs> well, because apparently because Ted Levine like really stumped hard for it. But the point like he should have, because that mo- that is an incredibly good and meaningful scene for the character of Buffalo Bill. It's and beyond insane, that, yeah. The whole the whole composition of goodbye horses playing in the background, and then immediately prior to that, the whole you have the whole yeah. it puts the lotion on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. Scene. Oh my god! It's like I can't I can't gush in, more about how good Ted Levine's character in is almost any other movie he is. You can't take your eyes off him. Showstopper, unbelievable. 
and in this movie he's, he's an like afterthought third and it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> no, it's it's not bullshit. No, it, it, it is it, bullshit. It, it is bullshit. It's bullshit Mark. in the sense that I don't think he gets his his due like yes, credit yes. for this movie, but the fact that's what makes this movie so good that if you peel away the first layer it's still good if you peel away the second layer it's still good and then you're and then at that point you're still at the layer where fucking Ted Levine is dancing around to goodbye horses and it's one of the best scenes in yeah. film in general well, what stood out to me the most about Ted Levine's performance when he's it, the, it puts lotion on the skin and then she just keeps talking to him and he, his like snap to just, just put it in the Basket. You don't know what not pain is. Is so basket. Good. Yeah, the escalation it's there expertly is... done. And just yeah. the power dynamic of she's like literally like I don't know, twelve feet down in the well, and he's just up at her yelling at her about a bottle of lotion. Yeah. Oh, I forgot God. to put a tape in. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally, totally the same thing. I mean, it's that escalation. Yeah, that's true. Escalation is key. The last thing I wanted to talk about. Are we good to move on to does middle after this? Totally. Yep. Okay, um, I've always been interested in the actual, like, narrative flow of this movie that Hannibal... We, this is kind of what we've already been talking about, but I feel like people count this as a Hannibal Lecter movie, and he's in this for, like, 20 minutes of it's two like, hours. It's like Beetlejuice. I yeah, guess, but just the way, the way they were able to sort of build like it's such a weird path that you take in order to get to james gum's house you don't even need to see the killer until 30 minutes in or 25 minutes in i can't remember i paused it and looked and i didn't write down the actual number but good work it, it takes so fucking long look i did the work i just didn't write it down <laughs> it takes so fucking long to actually get to the it, if you really digest this movie down it's a movie about buffalo bill and you don't see him or his victim until after a number of scenes with Clarice Starling, after she's in the prison, I think it's after she goes into the garage, if I'm remembering Yeah, I correctly. think it is, yeah. Yep. The storage unit. So much shit happens before you're actually introduced to the whole point of this movie. Before Ted Levine's victim starts listening to Tom Petty. Yeah, well, which is another, the, side note, great use of licensed music in this movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, exactly that. And then you just smash cut to her singing American Girl. It might be my least favorite Tom Petty song. That's a we weird take, dude. That's a great song. It's a good song, but it's so overused, I, and it's I, so far from his best. I do think that it's a, yeah, it's not. It might be favorite. overrated, but it's not his worst song. No. Well, fuck no. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of stinkers. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, a hyperbole. That dude has like 12 albums somehow. Anyways, that's something that I've always been super intrigued by. And what I think that make this movie like interesting to go back and watch and actually stand up well to the test of time, because that's not a narrative structure that has really been mirrored anywhere else, where you spend all this fucking time on secondary stuff. There's basically the whole side arc of Hannibal is what makes this movie interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I'm breaking new ground there, but I did want to shine a spotlight on it. That this is just a strange thing to like sit down and digest from a concept of how you actually would write this as a script. Totally agree. I've already talked about my middle, and that's all I had in middle. I, I do have one more middle. I've been talking a lot lately. Jake, you want yeah, to take this? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Uh, so there is a particularly good horror bit in this movie, but it feels odd to me personally, so I'm interested to see if you guys are willing to accept it in middle, and it's when Hannibal actually shows his dark side. 
and <laughs> okay. in the cage. And he kills and he the museum. Leaves, and it's so bombastic and you have like the set piece that happens. It feels distracting, actually, to me. Like I get I like that I can see him actually like act that he's earned it, but I like seeing him act out what you've kind of been told in a certain way. But it does I take away the necessarily mystery need it. Yeah. I didn't necessarily need it, and I feel like it ends up taking up a lot of time. And on top of that, it is almost it's tonally weird because there is such a play on like where he is located and how they infiltrate it. All of that just feels like it takes up too much time to me. So yeah, I, I don't think it worked. elevator. It just it didn't feel <laughs> as balanced as I wanted it to. But I think this is getting into an interesting part, which is, like, I start to see all of the different things in this movie that I'm like, oh, this other movie took X, Y, or Z from this. Definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, we get into it, but there, that's one of them. That's one of those scenes where you're like, okay. So I, I appreciate Saw. what you're saying to a certain extent because the set piece of, like, what they see when they come into the, the kill zone after he's had his way, and you have the flayed-out police officer hanging. Yeah, that's uh, weird. That's a great shot. It is, but it's weird. It requires a lot of setup, but it's a great shot. I actually had that part of the performance of Hannibal Lecter definitively in what it does wrong. I don't even, disagree with that. Even down to the way, he's not a threatening dude. Look, I apologize. Great performance, not a threatening dude at all. The way he attacks the police officers, I don't buy for one second that they wouldn't be able to overpower. It's like how Mac's dad would attack a police officer. So it's yeah, and this is this is my my thoughts on the scene are that it, Jake, like you said, it's unnecessary. It takes some of the mystery away from what Hannibal is, right? And all it is is just a a, a fire hose of nitpicks in that everything in that so scene. So maybe we'll get back to this. Can we I, can we just quickly we're not there yet, but can we just quickly nitpick the way he swings a baton? It's the worst fucking way to swing well, a baton. No, no, they're trying to match the nightstick thing to the music and make it eloquent, but it's not great. It's not but you great. can at least hold your arm correctly. He he holds it like fucking He backwards. wouldn't. He wouldn't. It's like Hannibal Tony Shalhoub throwing a punch in Mrs. Mazel. It's Han- Hannibal would not. Jake, I'm going to need your help on this one. Who was that Nebraska quarterback like five years ago whose throwing motion was ridiculous? Martinez. Yeah, 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 Martinez. He He's hits a baton so crazy. like Martinez throws a football. The Martinez throwing motion chart, man. It's like 17 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, it's 17 seconds long, and for the most part, you think he broke his arm for the entirety of it. Taylor Martinez. Yeah. yeah. You, weren't great, you weren't great at quarterbacking. There you go. That, that's that was the an way... astonishing pull. <laughs> Mark did it. I but for I did not doubt for one second that Jake would know exactly what I was talking about. Oh, I didn't either. But <laughs> but the question you asked was, who's that college football quarterback from five years ago? He said Nebraska. We know. Look, I knew what he meant. Yeah, he said Nebraska. It was Nebraska, right? Yeah, it was Nebraska. Yeah, boom, we nailed it. You and yeah. me, Lamisma Onda. I got one other thing. This movie does middle, which I actually like from a visual standpoint, but also it weirded me out from a visual standpoint. Uh, a lot of the dialogue in this movie, the face-to-face dialogue, is shot in a way. It's not like the 180 rule where you can see both people. It's close-up on person A, close-up on person B, close-up on person A, close-up on person B. Where if, there's, if, they're, if they're speaking, their face takes up 80% of the frame. Yeah. You guys recognize this, right? You, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I found it very aggressive. I, look, it's, it's an interesting, and I think it's on balance good for the immersion of the movie 
where you're having this dialogue face to face with the characters on the screen, but also it's a it's very aggressive. It made me uncomfortable. I don't like making that amount of eye contact with anyone. No, I don't either. It, it's kind of like the Law and Order shot, right? Which is classically over the shoulder of the person that's talking over the shoulder, and then back and forth, two people that are facing each other, and then but just zoomed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it is weird. I think it's supposed to make you feel weird, and I think it succeeds. <laughs> well, and supposedly reading after the fact, they they did this where. Clarice was always looking off to the kind of the side of the camera and all the characters she was talking to were looking directly into the camera yeah. as a means of, demonst- of of like establishing that you were supposed to view this through her viewpoint. Um, and I'm not sure I really got that. I always thought that she was also just looking at the camera, but still too much fucking eye contact made me uncomfortable. Does yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. Okay. All right. Let's move into what it does wrong. And I think this is going to be a mercifully short segment. Yeah, I basically. agree. Um, I don't have a lot here other than him after he kills the police officer and then swapping clothes with him after they've found him is impossible. That's okay. This on is, top this of the is, elevator. No, this is exactly what my number one bullet point in this section was. The bumbling police officers throughout this movie are, it, it's like a fucking, it's like there's fucking three stooges happening in the background and they're just <laughs> being killed mercifully by this guy. The, the whole escape plan really doesn't make any sense there's no time in which an emt wouldn't realize you had a face stapled to your face yeah just because it has you a, would emts think. would remove the bandage over your or cloth over your face immediately to assess the damage and yeah, they're not like the oh EMTs he's do. bleeding around the edges of his face let's let's just not move his face it's like Tri- triage is like emt's primary job yeah <laughs> and we... i feel like they'd probably be like oh his skin is moving on top of his skin maybe we should oh oh yeah it's, it's this is hannibal we got hannibal here hannibal's right here that's how that would actually go. <laughs> so the whole actual escape scene doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, and the it, it was kind of garbage. Pure nonsense of how bumbling the police officers are throughout. I mean, even to the point of the, the characters in the actual, like the one whose face gets stolen, the way they go into that cell doesn't make any sense. The no. way they set that whole scene up, it's, it's written so that he can escape, and it's pretty clear that it's done that way. Yeah, they need to do a better job. It, it, it plays like... A scene in a book where you don't have to watch it, so it makes more sense because I didn't have to see exactly what how it went down. Yeah, I I, I, w- I would totally buy that. This this was a book first, right? Have you read it, Jack? One hundred percent, and I have. Yes, and that's oh. effectively what they describe. Jack, I actually very much appreciate the fact that you haven't brought up the fact that you've read the book until just now. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, that's, that's proud good of you, work. buddy. Thank you. Look, it's it's a very famous book, and and it's. This is a movie that's pretty faithful to it. It takes some liberties. I won't get into them here. They're, they're kind of inconsequential. But I, I say that because when you read it in the book, it makes sense, right? I can describe to you that scene happening, and it would kind of make sense. But when you see it, it's like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, I mean, and that's ultimately the, the primary nitpick, I think. I mean, it's one of the climactic scenes of the movie. Ulti- I mean, realistically, since it's not a movie about Hannibal Lecter, it's not even the climax of the movie. But it is an important scene <laughs> yeah for sure for and you're like wait sure. what what how this dude just got he just he just didn't even bother defending himself he just has his face eaten okay cool <laughs> can we yeah. can we just talk for a second whether or not this is actually a horror movie within the context of this is a horror movie we review did podcast. already we did already i this is objectively it, a horror movie. almost inarguably a horror movie 
Okay. Okay. Well, that's gonna that that is like I said. This was a movie about later. a serial killer who skins women's backs after he kills them after he's held them for three days, and then they take a cannibal who they're holding to help them get there. If you were on the fence about it, the well scenes and the the basement scenes should you're not put you be on the fence the about it. It's fuck. If you're on the fence about it, you're a fucking idiot. Okay. Well, then I redact my comment, and that will be reflected in my uh, later rating. Have we arrived at a certain station? Blow your whistle. Knit pick station. Okay. Yuppers puppers. I think the, the she finds a severed head in the storage unit, right? It's ostensibly in a jar. Okay. I, I, can you explain to me what the point of that scene is? I don't... I Fundamentally, I've seen this movie so many goddamn times, I have no idea who that head is. They say his name and like how they kind of relate, but... It doesn't. So was it Hannibal's victim or was it Buffalo Bill's first victim that Hannibal owns the thing no. to? It's Hannibal's victim. So how does that relate to James Gum? It just ties the two serial killers together better. How? Apparently. How though? I don't how? know. They that's do a exactly. terrible job. Of that's why it's it. a nitpick. It's the movie does a, nothing to explain it. It's just a quaternary plot point. That that's... one. That that scene could have not happened. Could yeah. not have it, but yeah. but beyond that, it's in a jar. How are you ex- explain to me how it's not rotting more? It doesn't look preserved. I'll grant you the smell wouldn't smell that bad if it's uh, in a sealed vacuum. jar. Vacuum packed. It's not vacuum packed. They did though. Ugh. It's not in a bell jar. It might be. Fuck. Yeah, I don't know. I was too confused by why I was seeing the things I was seeing. Uh, maybe we should have just brought this up and what it does right. But here's a neat neat pick anyway. Okay, James Gum. It's a hell of a name. Great Just serial Jane. killer name. Great Jane serial killer alone. Name. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't care. That. For, I don't care for that. It's name. horrible. Yeah. The second you see that name, you're like, that's the serial. Oh yeah, that guy's <laughs> gonna kill some people. Hundred percent. Not the jobs that these agents do are not difficult. <laughs> you see that name, and you're like, fuck me. Can I, yeah. can We're I going get there. a list of names from the county, please? Oh, it's yeah, it's this guy named James. James Gum. <laughs> he's he's definitely the killer. I'm 100 percent positive. Yeah. I actually think that's one of the best writing moments from The Office. Is the serial killer in The Office is George Howard Scub, which is another <laughs> great serial killer name. Like, yeah, it's hard Brent to come Strangler. up with serial killer names. Yeah, there is there is some like articles written about how um, local news always includes the middle name for serial killer suspects. Yeah, man, to make them seem more uh, like more what was, serial. What was Ted Bundy's name? Nobody knows. Well. Might have been Howard. Doesn't support your. It was I don't not think so. Howard. <laughs> I got a. I got a big old nitpick. Uh, they go through great lengths. There's a lot of like construction in this movie to demonstrate how far away from society Hannibal is. They go through like door after door after door after door down some stairs. After oh yeah, door. yeah. And then they get to his cell and they show so many fucking times. There's a line in there that says. He's the last one at the end of the hallway. Something like that. Yeah. And then you get down there. There's a stairway right, right next there. to his cell. And there's <laughs> fucking light, like natural light coming out of the stairway. The like, other one. Yeah. Is it's it a fucking shot. fire exit? Did no you one put goes him in next that to one. a fire That's exit? That's the outdoor, Mark. That's the outdoor. You don't go through the outdoor. You don't go in through the outdoor. <laughs> they put a sign on that door. It says <laughs> one do not way traffic. It says not an exit. Yeah. Alarm will sound. <laughs> Like, he's going to make a fucking break for it and be like, oh, 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 God damn it. Now I have to go through these five other entrances. He can't. He gets it, man. He's intelligent. Okay, hey, first I clue that, that fucking James Gum is a serial killer to this poor abducted woman. 
He said put it in the truck. I'm trying to get it deeper in the truck. That's a van. Yeah, that dude doesn't know the fuck he's talking about. I mean, a truck is just a van that has no covering over the bed. It, But it has a covering over everything because it's a van. That's what I'm saying. The difference between a, a van and a truck is that it has a covering. That's not I have I have one other thing to add That's there is like what's what the fuck is up with the trope of serial killers revealing at the last moment that they're serial killers because he's like about to attack her and he's like what? what are you a size fourteen and she's like what and then she attack he attacks her he needs her to be a size fourteen otherwise he's dropping her off and he's like it's your lucky day you're a size thirteen yeah and then he peels out I've just uh, all you've had happen to you now is I've knocked you out and cut your shirt off and left you in a parking lot no he hasn't done shit. Because he, he asked her if she was size 13. 14. 14. And then she was 13, <laughs> and he was like, okay, get out kindly. Yeah. Well, thank you for helping me with this couch. I have a combined neat pick, nitpick. Okay. Ooh, One. This is interesting. Neat, I don't think we've had this before. Neat pick. I forgot Dan Butler was in this. Bulldog okay. from Frasier. Okay. Neat uh, nitpick. How okay. the fuck? He looked at the moth for half of a second. How does he know they fed it honey and nightshade? And kept it warm. How does he know that? Did you see the guys in that scene? Yeah. That's how. They're nerds. <laughs> That's how. Additional note. Do you feed... Does anything on this planet feed on nightshade? A lot of things. Tomatoes are nightshade. That's why Tom Brady can't eat them. Whoa, what? Yeah. There's... Back there, up. There, back there, up. There, Hold on. <laughs> there is Extrapolate. A, there is a plant called nightshade. That is the common name for a toxic plant. Then there is a whole genus of plants that are referred to as nightshades of which tomatoes falls into where you're not explaining the part that i'm interested in oh uh that interview with tom brady's personal chef like three and a half years ago he was like uh they don't tom brady doesn't eat any of this they won't have any of this but he's not all that uptight on fridays he lets his kids and wife have nightshades like tomatoes i fucking hate this guy (laughs) god um, I don't feel like this is intentional, but I did notice it that l- like basically the only black police officer in the entire film is the guy who is charged with the task of opening the, the trap door on the elevator when el- when they think that Hannibal is on the other side. I don't know if that's a wink at the trope of the black guy always dies first or not, but that's not true. You're wrong. <laughs> okay. Uh, remember, 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 we're wrong. Butterflies and moths aren't the same thing. Moths? No, they're not. Hannibal Lecter asks Jodie Foster if it was a butterfly, and she says, yes, it was a moth. They're clearly different. One evolves from Caterpie. The other evolves from Venonat. Butterflies are Lepidoptera, and moths are another thing that I didn't learn in biology class. Hymenoptera. Hymenoptera. There you go. Hymen? One's a leopard, and one's a hymen. I think I might have made that up, but I also might not have. Let me look. Hymen. Scarecrow okay, me yeah, for a Google second it. while I look up hymen. It's not hymen. Let me Google hymen's real quick. I'll get right back to you. <laughs> oh God. While you're doing that, um, and I do expect a full report on all of the things you find. What's the deal with Bill's tattoo that they randomly focus on? I feel like they're like obsessed with it for 15 love? seconds of the movie. Like the love star thing? No, it's like it's like a cut. That is though. They do that a lot. It's like over his rib and it's like oh. a weird diverging two lines and then there's a cut and like I think blood is dripping out of it or something. There's like I don't know, it's about out. cutting skin off, dude. I can't I think it's a reference to Adam's rib or but I I the I think it's a reference to the fact that he fucking skins people is what it is. That might be. 
It, yeah. It very well could be, but I don't understand. There's, it seems like there was a moment where they're like, that's a great tattoo. Let's feature that a lot. And then they did it for about 10 seconds. Got it. They spent more time on the love hand thing then. There's a similar situation with the swastikas where I think they didn't think Bill was evil enough. So they put a bunch of swastikas on his bed. Did you notice this? I have a hymen update. Be a weird cut. Can please, again? please use <laughs> that you, as the intro please, singer. <laughs> can you please, can you please say that again? I have a hymen update. Cool. <laughs> so mobs are included in the order Lepidoptera. Okay. Hymenoptera are the order of insects that includes like ants and bees and wasps and stuff. Oh fuck all them. So I like bees. No, I like bees. No, don't fuck them. Okay. I hate wasps. Wasps and bees are the same thing. They're in the same order. Fuck wasps. The They're still pretty high. Uh, there's still fine grain sand left. Family, genus, species. Exactly. They're pre- we it's gotta pretty. We got to dive high. in here. You, you, gotta, well, a lot of things are related via order. We got to dive in. Yeah, we're related to wasps. If you this go is the enough. A to Z nope. horror biology. Uh, animalia, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Boom. Do, oh, should we Jesus. talk more about taxonomy, or do you want to get back to the random use of swastikas on the guy's bed coverings? I have nothing to add to that. He's a lunatic. I have I, no I idea how I'm going to cut that I, in. I don't know if they had a point where they're like, is this guy fully evil just because he's a cross-dresser? And someone was like, oh, give him some swastikas. Oh, yeah, that leads me to my next nitpick. Did you know that transsexuals are very passive? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking nitpick. What? Yeah. What? All transsexuals. Jodie Foster, what? Let's generalize it that way. <laughs> That's horrible. Uh, yeah, there it might was- be some- <laughs> there might this be some gender was, issues that didn't quite age very well. Yeah, as this a movie was woke, years. but it was still 91. And yeah, transsexuals exactly. are passive, Yikes. notably. Yeah. That is probably roughly what the VSM said at the time. Okay. I think I talked about Hannibal's escape scene being a, a fire hose of nitpicks. If you set off mace that close to your face, <laughs> that's affecting you almost as badly You're gonna as melt. the person your face is who you melted. Yeah. He would not be functional after that. He's ruined himself root root yeah root yeah maybe he's been maced so much in his life that he's developed some type of uh, resistance to it i mean here's another question slash nitpick about that scene why did they make it such a chekhov's pen why did they focus on him like showing the pen clicking the pen and then losing the pen it would be just as effective for hannibal to see the pen and then it to be gone you don't need to give me eight scenes about this pen that he uses to unlock his handcuffs, which isn't how handcuffs of that nature work. But that's fine. I have no rebuttal. You need that. a rake and pinion. Yeah, and he only has the pinion. Why Damn. does pe- Why do people only realize he only has the pinion? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, hey, I might have <laughs> missed something. Okay. Maybe. But when Jodie Foster's in the basement fighting him a whole bunch, right? Then she Not shoots a whole him. bunch. Shoots him five times. She kind of is... Like, trapped, and then she shoots him. Why do the lights turn on after she shoots him five times? Because the lights oh, immediately turn back she on. Shoots, oh, that's a good point. And, like, the, there's, like, this window thing that he has covered. Oh, yeah, like yeah, 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 basement. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I did miss something. Something shatters, and it, like, lets natural light in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that I missed. It's natural light. It's not light light. Like, I'm, it's glad, not I'm glad Jake's here, because I was about to be just fully convinced by you that they just turned the lights on. <laughs> and then my but last... yeah, now that you mention it, there is, like, a random cut where there's just, like, the... the the window well just falls off. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, my my last nitpick is just that night the the like the night vision goggle scene is really great and terrifying. But revisiting it, the night vision scene like where he's looking through the night vision looks cool, but then when it shows the version the shot of his face, 
there's more than enough light to see more than Jodie Foster is seeing. And I realize you have to do, like, that's a cinematic convention. So that's my last nitpick. Okay, yeah, I ended on a down note. Yeah, you ended on cinematic convention. Cool. I, I ended on a everybody. squeaky fart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything else to nitpick. Yeah, let's just go to ratings. How about yeah, that? Let's do it. Let's let's rate this our high ratings. Okay, cool. Hands in the center. Ratings. Yay. <laughs> this is a man's world. But it wouldn't be nothing, nothing without a woman or a girl. We over at Izzy Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of us sweet brown. We rate how much time she's got for bronchitis. And then the smoke got her. Yeah, I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. And for 10, think about Phil Connors. We rate people's capacity for stupidity. You know, people like blood sausage too. People are morons. Stories, the first category to rate these movies. Mark, this was your pick. Rate the thing for story. I looked Jake dead in the eye when I said that. It confused me in my own head. Uh, cool. Good story, bro. Um, seven and a half. This is a this is a phenomenally good drama thriller horror movie. I actually, oh fuck, I think I'm talking myself into going higher. I'm gonna give I this an eight. Con- what what made you <laughs> I, go seven and a half initially? Tell me. I, tell me I what don't you're really know. In. I I'm just sort of gun shy about going high. So I always sort of just, you That's know, objectively false. <laughs> I just sort of bias myself away from it when I when I don't have a good reason to. But this is a f- very good movie. And I think the reason I'm upgrading it a little bit is because stripping away all of the serial killer stuff, which I do think is actually good story elements. <laughs> Scarecrow. I spilled some Chianti. You spilled it's Chianti. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just directly on my phone. It's fine. So sidestepping all of the like serial killer content, which I do think, I mean, obviously that's an important part of this movie. It's most of what this movie is, but I think the reason this movie has staying power is because the story relate the the story relationship to like basically gender studies and the whole concept of how Clarice's character progresses through this story. Talking about it now. I gave it an eight, and I kind of wish I went higher. I mean, what you gave you, it a seven and a half. Seven and a half. Yeah, well, revisionist history. I gave it an eight. Shut up. What do you guys give it? Uh, I want to talk now, but Jake's gonna get mad at me if I make him go last again because people accuse him of just making up his score based on what we say. So I guess we'll go with Jake it's so he can yeah, save some face here. Shit. <laughs> I gave it an eight and a half. I I agree okay. with what Mark said, but I feel like. The things that you said don't equate to the score that you gave, especially the score that you initially gave. So yeah, yeah I guess I'm I mean, trying to figure out why I was so low. And that's I why I was like, "What reason. are you docking it for?" I'm like, sorry, I'm sorry, listener. I let you down. I let me down, and most importantly, I let Jack and Jake down. Well, what I'm going to talk the most about important. then is like, okay, eight and a half is a high score. This is a classic. Like, what are we docking it for? Realistically, not a whole lot because it's an eight and a half for me. But like, when you really get down to it, this is slightly convoluted because you have a lot happening with two different antagonists but, but now aren't necessarily that, that's one of the things I love about this movie I think it I is Mark I like it too uh, I regret everything yeah. I regret so many decisions I yeah. made in my life zip zip There's I like it too I like it too however it can make for a bit of a complex mess <laughs> it's not always it's not always elegant. It's close, it's but it's not always elegant. Mess. Eight and a half. I give it an eight. 
I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I would hope you would tell us why. I will tell you why. I don't give half scores for one. So I had to decide between an eight and a nine. It's absolutely not perfect because of the Hannibal escaping scene. Yeah. It just, that, that just is shoehorned into the story so they can do whatever they're doing. So then I decided between an eight and a nine and I decided on eight because one, the scene in the storage unit doesn't matter or need to be there. It doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Even remotely. And two, I forgot at how bothered I was that her skills at coming up with an anagram for the name he gives <laughs> are a critical plot element. There's a lot of anagrams. The fact that movie. it comes up with, uh, what, what what's Iron Pyrite's so chemical name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, is, is how she solves the murder. That's fucking Iron ludicrous. That's fool's gold, Hannibal. That's ludicrous. And she's so confident in it that it, that is, oh, so it can't be a nine. It's got to be an ad. That's a good ad. Yeah. World building and immersion is our second category. Mark. Um, this is just me being gun shy again. Jesus Christ. No, you know what? Fuck it. Six? You're going to give it a six, aren't you? I gave it a ten. I was Woo! Gonna give it, I was going to give it a nine and a half, and then I talked myself out of it. This is this is the reason this movie shines. It's a ten. Were you, you going to dock it for anything? What were you going to dock it for? Well, and that's kind of why I gave it a that, <laughs> yeah, ten. Okay, good call. You made this, the right it, call. It's hard for us to give a ten because it's that's like the, the perfection point, but... That is fundamentally what this movie does right, is the immersion of watching all of these characters just sort of be. These deep on back, screen. like deep, rich backstory characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, fair it's not, it's not going out of its way to like sort of pontificate and force the characters upon us. These are fully realized characters that we're sort of just watching happen against a background of a relatively interesting story. And that sucks you in so hard. Yeah. You can jump in at any point of this movie and be completely immersed and sucked in. You you could literally turn it on two thirds of the way through and boom, you're at the basement scene. And that's just what you're watching. That's just, this is just your life for the next hour. Uh, I mean, for the next or 45 15 seconds. minutes, I think. Uh, well, we're playing, we're being very liberal with fractions, but yes. Okay, cool. Jake, what's Fair. your fucking world building immersion Give score? Give it a nine. I, the question with this movie, really, I think with all these scores, is going to be what are you docking it for, right? Yep. I'm docking it primarily. I Let's just pot it in cops, right? So, like, there's the scene that you mentioned in the story. I'm mentioning more an immersion where he escapes. That, to me, was more of an immersion problem than a high-level story problem because uh, we know why they did it from a story standpoint. Still doesn't make it perfect. Uh, that was a problem. And then as Mark kind of mentioned a little while ago, we also have a lot of other elements here where the, the presence of the police force in this movie is just slightly <laughs> odd. Like when she's first going down to his cell and you have like layers and layers of guards and it just doesn't make sense. It and then there's you, a fire exit. It makes you think in the wrong way. Yeah, and then you get that, which isn't really really related to the police themselves, but more or less where they're located. So yeah, it's not perfect. That's Yeah, I, I gave it a nine as well for for largely the same reasons. I'm I'm trying hard not to double penalize it for, for that middle issue there, but I'm I'm kinda caught here on the Jodie Foster's performance is fantastic. Anthony Hopkins' performance is fantastic. Ted Levine's performance is fantastic, but they're often disparate, and and it's like between scene to scene. I I, I just I can't I can't. I don't quite, know what you're saying. I don't either. I'm trying to justify not going to get take a perfect. Like a quick score. thirty just, seconds to collect yourself and try. He just spilled Keanu. I'm so. real frazzled. I also just noticed it's a lot on my shirt too. 
and uh, that's pretty distressing. And then I looked down at my shirt and saw that I had a gut as well, and that was also distressing. So, look, listener, we are on full-on existential crisis. I am in a spiral here. Look, I gave it a nine, and I have nothing else to say. With wow. scare factor or whatever, somebody help. Wow. I gave it. I gave it a four for scare factor. Four. I'm curious what you guys end up giving this. A four? Better both of us more than that, I'm sure. Okay, okay, that's that's fine. This is a, a four thriller serial killer drama movie, wherein yes. the thrust of the movie is in fact like gender studies type stuff, and not so much a focused narrative of horror. There are indeed horror scenes. the The basement scene at the end where she is being viewed through the point of view of the night vision goggles is suspenseful as fuck. And if you're not sitting on the edge of your seat when you're watching that, then there is some, something it's fundamentally also scary. wrong it's with you. It's also scary. It's also just scary. You have these individual scenes of the police officer being flayed and displayed across like the top of the museum, like the, the Jesus on the, like those weird perversion of Jesus on the cross type thing. There's good horror elements scattered throughout those that will stick with you. But it's not a consistently scary movie throughout the course of the two hours or whatever. Two hours, ten minutes of the runtime. I mean, you did a better job defending it than I was expecting. Jake! I do that frequently, <laughs> I think. Uh, I gave it a five. It's still not at average. <laughs> okay. I What? I mean, I don't disagree with you. I was just trying to be bombastic when I was going, four! Yeah, and that's what I'm pointing out is you were being bombastic. You trenchant <laughs> motherfucker. The scary thing here is not only that you have a scary scene at the end, it's that you have two scary characters that throughout the movie do things that are scary, but it's overall within the context of something that is not your typical horror-style movie. And I think that's one of the interesting things about this is definitively a horror movie, right? Yes. We've all agreed on that. We won't belabor the point. However... What you have is horror scenes and horror fodder, but it's not played in that way at all times throughout the movie. It kind of elevates itself in a certain way, and that doesn't mean I'm talking shit about how horror does its thing, but you have that quote-unquote thriller style to this thing that is just slightly different. In a lot of the runtime, I don't spend concerned, really, or hiding behind my fingers or anything like that. I'm not I'm not in the same mode that I am with some of the scarier movies. But it has its moments. It just doesn't quite get to Andy Dalton line. So it's not, it's not the, the movie, hold yeah. on. The absurdly stupid way in which you phrased your opinion there phrased something in my brain that I do want to point what? out. Phrased something in your brain. Yeah, you're talking about how I'm saying things stupidly. I have lost control of words. Um, Yet you're still throwing insults out. I like it. Yeah. Well, you know. (laughs) Word-based insults. Yeah. That's fun. (laughs) I think this movie actually suffers a little bit from how strong it makes Clarice. Clarice is such a strong protagonist that you're not really all that worried about her, even when she's in the throes of being stalked by Buffalo Bill. I disagree with that. There's suspense there. So so I... I, I disagree with that for a couple of reasons. And I okay. want to get – can I get into my score here? Yeah, do it. Cool. Good transition. Yeah. So I gave this a six. 
And I understand that's not that much higher, but I do think it's above average, and it's significant well, that I mean, I'm it above, is above average, average, and neither of you put it above average. You're not above average. Uh, well, we can we can argue about that at a different time, and I'll, I'll cry. It'll be fine. Yeah. It's because um, you're good. But it, uh, specific, specifically with the Clarice thing, one, she's a trainee, so she hasn't seen any combat yeah, there's or a lot anything about her like being that. a student and all that. Yeah, yeah. She has and, trouble and clearing her corners. Two, yeah, exactly. They show you that, and and two. Regardless of that, she's in an impossible situation here. This this is a pitch black basement. Like I don't know what any FBI agent's gonna do better here. So I didn't. This isn't a situation where I felt like because she's not like she's not Liam Neeson in Taken, right? She's not fucking Tony Jaa in any Tony Jaa movie. I don't I don't know <laughs> what I, like I'm not expecting her to do anything supernatural. And she's in a pitch black black basement being stalked by a guy now. with uh with night vision goggles. Like that's insane. So I don't expect I, – I mean, I, I am worried about her in that scenario. But but what what I'm giving this movie so much credit for is I give the highest Scare Factor scores to movies that hit Scare Factor on a few different levels, I guess. And, and some – some no, right? Some are just scary because they're scary, and I have to I have to be honest to how scared I was when I watched them. But for, for movies that, you know, aren't – don't fit into that category, it's I like when a movie – hits the scare factor from a bunch of different axes and this one hits it from the psychological axis from the creep axis just from the terrifying shit happening from from an adult fears axis with the kidnapping and then also from jump scares and doing that well so i like that this hits a bunch of different axes yeah before we move along i do want to just kind of mention that one of the scarier scenes in this movie that we haven't really talked all that much about is when that like almost I think it's like the first five seven minutes of this movie, where she's in the not in the cell but adjacent to the cell of Hannibal Lecter, for the first time, and it's just that the meat cute that they have. It's legitimately terrifying, and it's such a different kind of scare than you get in the basement scene at the end. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's digestive. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's yeah, contemplative. Yeah. So that's why I want to give it a high score. But Ooh. I also want to say that this is kind of an interesting thing. I was talking to my parents about this movie yesterday. And my mom told me that this is one of the biggest fights she and my dad have ever had. <laughs> They've been okay. married for like 30 years or whatever. Um, was after they watched this movie on vacation in Jamaica when I was three years old or two years old. And my mom like was like, Fuck you! Why did you make me watch this movie? I'm a, I'm a woman with kids. What the fuck? Which and it like no. And I've seen I've watched a bunch of these horror movies with my mom. I've, she's not like non horror person, <laughs> but this movie <laughs> fucked her up in a way it's that no scary other movie enough to has. break up a marriage almost. <laughs> she she said that's like one of the biggest fights they've ever had. Just be like relax. It won Oscars. <laughs> Therefore, it's five Oscars. I don't know if it would have won Oscars at that point yet, but. It at least was out. Okay. It was well, I mean, a so of so I, what I mean, what I what I mean is, I wonder if this is a lot scarier if you're a woman going through the world in the ways that women do versus I don't us know. jerk offs. Uh, yeah, know. I'm not I'm not gonna comment on that one. So, anyway, effects <laughs> or judicious lack thereof. Mark. Wow. Uh, this is a category that's hard to weigh in on. Um, <laughs> it actually is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hard movie to review. Look. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a seven, and I feel like it's mostly judicious lack thereof, but also wow. I fundamentally do not know how to put this on the scale. I, th- I think you have to focus a little bit on sets 
The sets are generally very good. The scene of, I mean, basically the setting of the the well that she's inside and the broken off fingernails and shit that yeah, like, like are lining the walls. That I could think of, yeah. That's pretty solid. Uh, and that- beyond that, the set of the museum wherein Hannibal kills the two guards and flays them and hangs them up. I mean, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good effects scene. The Despite the unbelievability of using another person's face as a mask, it doesn't. That look actually bad. looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he w- rips it off, and it's revealed that he's actually Anthony Hopkins the whole time. I mean, that <laughs> that dude in the toupee. <laughs> that's that's actually good effects. I I gave it a seven because I'm fundamentally incapable of actually understanding. I, I don't know where this movie should sit. God, I got a lot yeah. to say. I hate you going in the middle. I have so much to say. Jake, go. <laughs> go. Say words so I can – I'm going to lose this good thought I have. I do think that this is judicious slack thereof for the most part. The scenes that you mentioned are yes, and then I guess if I'm going to add anything, it's from the audio standpoint, which it does. <laughs> yeah. Hey, last week, Mark tried to argue that a movie that came out in 1990 would have been really hard to properly balance the sound. Yeah, which it does really <laughs> well. It does really well. I mean, I'm giving it ultimately. <laughs> I don't think fun- I did that, but I was also very drunk at the time. So <laughs> the funny thing is that ultimately I'm not giving it that much higher score. I'm giving it a seven and a half. But for a judicious lack thereof that movie, that's about as high as I'm willing to go because it doesn't shine. It can't. It's it's, it's doing what movie. it does from subtlety. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. So I'm gonna just say that it does do the audio side really well as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna pump in here real quick. Leave it Good. there. Good prop on the use of the the death's head moth cocoon that they have. That's a solid prop where they open it up and there's like the death's head thing right there. Yeah, it's great, man. That's it's actually totally a really good. well designed etymology thing. I, I appreciate that they put the time in on that. Really fun. I'm gonna jump in here too. I gave it a seven. Uh, for for a lot of the same re- the, the things we haven't talked about yet are Mark. Yes, the death head, death's head moth cocoon is cool. Two, the actual moths cool. they used were hard to get and do right and how many like if you read about how many takes it took to get the moths to fly across the camera in the way the director wanted that's really fucking cool how lemmy wanted to do it it's uh it's Demi, pretty tough jesus lemmy Christ. I was lemmy doing, mark i was gonna i was just about to make a motorhead joke and yeah. you fucking ruined I've everything for, i've been trying by being a pedant too quickly uh, you have to be a pedant immediately otherwise you're not a pedant <laughs> that's that look that's a fair play i'll give you that um but so, so that one, and then the other scenes I think deserve attention are where she's walking through the basement and she's seeing the skin suits he has on the mannequin. I think looks pretty good and fucking freaky, and it's such a subtle thing, and it's so quick, but holy shit, that's effective. And pretty goddamn cool. So, yeah, seven. It's, uh, it's a judicious lack thereof movie. That's going to take us to overall mark. Do it fast. Okay, okay. Um, I gave it a ten. You want me to do this fast? Yeah. This is... This is approaching this is one of the best movies ever made and it's if if this is what I was upgrading earlier when you definitively said that this is a horror movie the only reason I was knocking it for this website was because it was not whoa it is explicitly horror if you guys are willing to grant me the fact that this is within the realm of things that we should be talking about as a horror movie then this is 10 this is a perfect horror movie wow i don't know what to say other than that i don't how I was really hoping you weren't going to give it a 10. Now my nine doesn't 
I can't. Well, and now I can't justify my nine. I, that's kind of where I'm we breaking are. Sequence that's kind here. of where we are here. Like I, yeah. It's like how do we then articulate what it doesn't do that is perfect? I've been thinking about it for almost fifteen seconds now, and I tell you, I can't do it. Well, then you might want to give it a ten. You might want to give. Well, it a you 10. go first. I think. Okay, yeah. I I did not give it a ten. I think that there's, an in like when you watch this movie as it, it is a horror movie, but, 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 but. There is a lack of what you would typically get, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, this movie is its own experience, but at the same time, it also doesn't do everything that you want perfectly. Like, there are sequences of this movie that I was not totally sold on. Like, I already mentioned the one with the whole Hannibal thing escaping. Like, I'm, I'm not, I don't need that. I don't need that at all. And that's I think you, kind I think of a, you, I think you need it, but it's not executed. I don't need it. I don't need it at all because what is it ultimately in service of? Is sequels? it in service of this movie? Sequels. Is it in service of a franchise? No, 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 not sequels. It's in service of how dangerous the variable that they're using is. They but use they, him to they use him to capture Hannibal Lecter, and it, it raises the overall moral quandary of: Do you need to leverage and give privilege to this person who's helping you? Who He's is gone. fundamentally he one of the most dangerous that. humans on the planet? It takes away from his danger. Well, okay, let's talk about that then too, because he's not a believable most dangerous person on the planet from just a fierce physical. His char- his character physical. is, but the way they execute him from a like visual standpoint is is not. what is what not perfect. Yeah, he, he th- should be a guy who's talking people into killing themselves. It's, it's not, not a guy. It's almost who's like it's almost like he's a nine out of ten. It's yeah, almost exactly. if you had to put a number to it. Well, I gave it an eight and a half out of ten, so Oh, fuck off. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not giving it higher than from Dust Till Dawn, okay? I, I gave it a nine. I struggled to give a movie I didn't give a ten to in a single category, a ten to overall. So that's thing the first. Thing the second is no movie I've ever given a, a ten to on the overall scale. I've actually like found scenes comical, and there are scenes in this that I find comically poor in their execution or just how they look or whatever the tater martinez baton throw thing (laughs) yeah it's one thing it's one thing but that does take it away from being perfect fine i don't do half scores i'm not gonna i can't give it a nine out of ten nine and a half out of ten whatever i give it a nine out of ten it's close to perfect but it absolutely isn't perfect and a big part of this is emotionally how it hits you and this movie does not hit me in that way seriously you're cold, man. It, it hits me man. in a 9 out of a 10 way. It hits me in probably the fourth highest score I've ever given. Wow. But <laughs> you're you're an enigma, man. I don't understand how this thing doesn't hit you. But, like, I mean, because in the I mean, movies it does, I've given 10s to, I, I, I didn't have to grapple with the fact that a character is doing the right thing and being made to be the butt of a joke, look, and I didn't have to look, grapple with him look, escaping poorly. Look, look. We gave this an eight and a half, a nine, and a ten. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the mean, fourth highest score I've ever given. I think. Can we? Okay, our thumbs are up. Oh, and by I mean tied for fourth in in two tens and two nines. Okay, yeah, now, no, keep qualifying. That's what the listeners want to hear. Our thumbs are definitively up for this movie. <sighs> Obviously, yes, there was no question. Up. Walking you should watch into this. this review. Just watch. You've all seen this. What the fuck? It's Whatever. it's freely available on Netflix if you haven't seen it somehow. Is it? Yes. Fuck, I paid for it on Amazon Prime. You're an idiot, dude. I texted, I texted our chat specifically saying this. Well, I don't... 
Did you put it in text or G chat? I don't look at text messages anymore. G chat. I uh, I guess I didn't look at that either. So okay, yeah. You wow, this is what the listener wants to hear. (laughs) This is prime Patreon content. Yeah, we're gonna leave. Well, let's do it. We've been here long enough. We all want to watch this movie again. (laughs) This is episode 126 of the A to Z Horrorcast. Check out everything we have going on. Head over to a to z horror.com or come hang out with us on either of our social media channels. That is Facebook. That is Twitter. And those links are right down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, pick up the uh, phone that I'm sure you're listening to this thing on. Open your podcasting app of choice. Give this podcast a like, rating, review, share it with somebody you know who might like horror. Believe it or not, that helps a whole heck of a lot, guys. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. Their links can be down there in the description below as well, so you can go check out everything they're doing musically. And next week, we're going to be coming at you with a bit of change of pace, but it's Jack's turn, and we're going to be checking out, I don't even know what you want to call it, <laughs> kind of a like low-key, I don't know if it's culty, whatever, under-the-radar, yet very well-liked movie. It's called The Canal. We're going to have a lot of fun. Check it out next week. Until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great week, everybody. Mark, you look great, buddy. It's fine. You're my favorite dad. <laughs>